Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Mana Podcast, Daily Bread for the Daily Christian. My name is Pastor Samuel Jeske. I serve as the pastor at Our Shepherd Lutheran Church. I'm one of the regular hosts of this wonderful podcast. Um, the other host, uh, um, resident Crown Point theologian and uh, truck driver, Kevin Graper, he's not able to be with us again, but he's with us in spirit. He had a few words he wanted to share. Um, he commented on how much he misses being able to commune together and be together with people, um, namely in worship, gathering around God's altar and his means of grace in, in, uh, with, with brothers and sisters in Christ. But he said, he comments on how it's the world in which we live in right now is just so different than what it was only a month ago. Um, but he says that the Lord remains the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Amen. May his name be praised. And I can't think of a better way to kick off this episode with me, I got a special guest, one I've been very excited to have on this podcast, um, and uh, um, I'm going to let him take it away with his introduction. Uh, I'm with uh, Eric Duve, who serves as an, uh, a Lutheran elementary school teacher, and uh, he actually was my roommate in college, a really great friend of mine. And uh, Eric, thanks for being on the podcast, man. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, thank you, Sam, and good morning to everyone. Just want to say uh, how excited I am to be a part of this Man of Podcast and just be able to explore all the great topics um, that we have to discuss right now. And as you said, I am a Lutheran school teacher um, in a small town of Bangor, just outside of a city in La, in La Crosse, Wisconsin. And uh, that's on the western side of Wisconsin for um, those of you not familiar. But um, I've been blessed to serve there for a few years. And uh, I have a wife, Kimberly, and uh, expecting a child along the way, so due in August, so very exciting things happening in my life, and just uh, more importantly, uh, excited to be with you here today, and uh, to just dig into some great topics. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, little Duve on the way. Yeah. Watch out, world. Big big changes. (laughs) Big changes. Oh, man, another Duve. Oh, everybody better buckle up. No, I, um, Eric's a great guy. Um, I, uh, we've, um, I met I met Eric Duve. Um, what was it? I think one of the first days of orientation uh, at Martin Luther College in New Ulm, Minnesota, and uh, we hit it off talking about Rush, the band Rush, didn't we? I'm yes, pretty sure that's yes, how I, we got I talking. Do, I do vividly remember that uh, conversation, just uh, talking music and uh, the band Rush. I don't know what specifically it was about, but I think we had a good five minute conversation about some of their hits and uh, some of the, the people in that band. So, Well, I, I, I think you and I were kind of realizing that we were kindred spirits, very much lovers of classic rock. You said that your dad, Otto Duve, brought you up, trained you well in the way that you should go when it comes to <laughs> the right music to like. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think, I think for most people, they grow up in music as a part of everyone's childhood on the radio and uh, for me, it was definitely oldies and classic rock that uh, oh, yeah. I vividly remember listening to very often. So yeah, just just wanted to put that out there. I think that kind of brought us together for sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, and, and uh, I will say another thing that's, that's bringing people together right now is certainly this COVID-19 situation. I mean, not, not physically or socially in the sense that you would normally bring people together, but the um, I'd say the solidarity that we all have. I was reading this great article. Um, uh, people don't aren't familiar with the Gospel Coalition. They got some really great articles to check out. And I was reading one uh, just today how the indiscriminate nature of this COVID nineteen virus, um, how 
you know, all this, this game of us and them that I would play, um, with other people where, you know, what, what the, the lines that would divide us, be it, uh, my economic background, race, uh, where I live, what country I'm from, um, all of these dividers have really been destroyed. Um, and there is just this nationwide, if not worldwide solidarity with one another, which, um, yeah, it's it, it got me thinking about some other stuff, too. I, I'm namely thinking about, like, I don't know about you, Doof, but, um, you know, passages that came to mind when I was thinking about this was, like, I was thinking about Ephesians, uh, namely chapter of feet, or um, let me see here. Yeah, I was looking at the, um, let me see. Yeah, I was talking about, um, I'm trying to find the section here. Yeah, where it, it talks about um, Ephesians chapter 2, um, where it said, um, Paul's talking about how we are all one in Christ. Um, there is no Jew and Gentile anymore. He said, therefore, remember that formerly you who were Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who, are, who called themselves circumcised. So it's kind of you Gentiles who um, were kind of... Uh, being pejoratively talked to by the circumcised, those being the Jews. Uh, remember that at the time that you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenant or the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself, that being Jesus, is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, one, um, one church, um, one body, many parts, thus making peace, and in his one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Um, I can't help but thinking about that section of scripture in light of what's going on. Um, the, the walls that would otherwise divide us have now been destroyed. And what a great opportunity for us now, um, not only as pastors, but teachers and, and lay leaders to share this wonderful message of peace that we have in Jesus um, with God now and forever. And uh, yeah, I don't know. You got any, uh, you got any two cents on that? You want to jump in on that real quick before we No, pivot? I just, I think that that passage from Ephesians really uh, brings peace and comfort during these times. And I think, I think it, for me, it's definitely been a way that I've been able to use this time to focus on God's promises and even just, picking um, those those big passages where we hear about his promises um, like Jeremiah 29 plans to, to to prosper you and to bring you hope and peace we need to go back to those and be reminded of those every day just because of these uncertain and, and challenging times that bring a lot of anxiety and uncertainty uh, we have a rock-solid God just as you said and uh, we need to, to be refreshed by that every day because certainly we are faced with challenges, and uh, the news that's being put out certainly is not uh, something that we enjoy hearing all the time with all right. of the, the the death and disease. But um, just it, it's great too when you when you put yourself on social media and are surrounded by friends and family and brothers and sisters of the faith that that, that share those words. Um, 
it makes it easier to consume and, and know that we're not alone in this. And most importantly, we have God with us through it all. So Absolutely. Um, which that, that segues really nicely into something that you and I had talked about uh, uh, the other day and, a, and maybe a talking point today. Obviously, right now, with uh, not only Lutheran schools, but we'll just say Christian churches and Christian schools all over the country, um, conducting worship services and conducting classes uh, that's been that's been a um, for a lot of people they're doing they're doing completely new stuff because they got to work a little bit differently in these rather unconventional times and congregations everywhere are using their god-given innovation and creativity to rise to the occasion and continue to get more of the gospel to more people more often and uh, that's one thing I'd, I'd love to hear from you uh, when, when it comes to conducting um, Christian parochial education right now, um, what are the blessings? What are the challenges? Why don't you run with that for a little bit? What are you doing right now? Oh, most certainly. Um, well, as you, as you pointed out, everyone has, ha- is having to adapt. Everyone is having to change. I mean, um, you, you take away the structure of the classroom, of the students and the teacher and the traditional setting for education. You just take that apart. And now you have to go back to the drawing board and say, what is important? What are our goals? How can we still get um, the educational curriculum, the, the, the standards, the goals? What are the objectives? How can we get them to our students um, from far away and in and something that's different than, than what we've had before, a challenge that we haven't faced certainly in a long time? Um, and I think each church and school is really has to decide what's best. And I think just talking to people in the last couple of weeks about ideas and, and um, resources that they're using, everybody, each school is having to choose what they want, um, that, what they feel is best to serve the needs of their student. Because obviously every classroom, every school is different. So there's just a whole buffet of options to go down um, to choose from. And, and thankfully, we live in a society today where those options are available. I see a lot of free resources, um, big companies opening up free resources um, just because of this time to get their content into the hands of the people to serve their students, to serve their people. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as serving uh, my people, my students, um, I've been creating videos um, on a website called Loom not to be confused with Zoom, yeah. <laughs> which is, uh, I know is very, very popular right now, Zoom. But yeah, everybody's Loom talking is just, about Zoom. It's just a, a, a video creating site um, where you can make uh, videos and you can edit them. And I've gotten access to their Loom Pro subscription. And um, I just make up a schedule, um, which includes Word of God, uh, two to three times a week. And I send that schedule out to my parents and mm-hmm. my students via email. And we've been blessed to have... Um, one-to-one ratio with Chromebooks. Um, I know each school too has different devices that they use. And um, I work with students ages eight to 10 and they're just kind of, you know, starting to, to make strides in their, their techno, uh, technological ability, if you will. Right. And um, they communicate with me through email and um, I send them links to my videos. And if they have questions, um, they can call, text, or do anything they need to to answer questions and they probably have an hour or two of, of work each day between listening and videos and, and writing down assignments or or using um, online materials before i left i gave them 
um, a good supply of, of work and things that they could do. And then now at my leisure, I can just decide, yes, this is what I want to use, not what I want to use. But uh, to continue, just it's, it's, it's just something we're having to navigate as we go along because no one can see the end of this. Only God can see the end of it. Right. So we know that uh, we're going to be probably facing this for another month. And I know yeah. um, different churches and schools are, are in different states are going to have different got timelines. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, anything you want to react to that, I just that's kind of how I'm uh, continuing to educate my children because learning never stops, growing never stops. And really, it's being put back into the hands of the parents, and they're having to adapt to these big challenges as well of having um, care for their children, whether that be at home or with someone else. Um, so the challenge is just all over the place, and uh, we all just have to kind of stick together and, and really pray about how we can best serve the needs of our families and our, our, our kids. Absolutely. What are, you, um, uh, what, what are you doing in relation to kind of equipping or championing the parents? I, I know I, I've seen a whole lot of memes of parents who are losing their minds trying to either homeschool <laughs> or function as, as educator as best they can in the homes, or even if they're working in tandem with um, their, the teachers of the schools that their kids attend. Um, they're realizing that, um, well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, I'm not a parent. I can't comment on these things other than what I'm seeing people share online and social media. But um, how are you uh, equipping the parents of, uh, of your kids? What do you do with them? Uh, is there anything that you, um, how, like when you're in contact or communication with them, um, uh, is there anything that you, you share with them or, um, or how, how's that been going? First off, the, the memes, I've seen a lot of those too, just in general, um, covering a wide array of, of topics have been a good source of humor um, just to, <laughs> yeah. to folks. Yeah, we, have... we, need to, we need to be able to, I, I, it's, it's nice to be able to laugh and, and just, um, and yeah. humor is good right now, I, I think. It is, because if you're not laughing, you may be crying, so yeah, yeah. difficult, difficult topics. But with the parents, I just try to practice um, open communication, frequent communication, and just... Um, put out my new expectations and what what do I want parents to be able to um, to do what is well, what are things I need them to, to carry out and um, just, just just kind of giving them that schedule and saying hey this is this is what I want your student to be doing each and every day um, for this next week and not overwhelming them I think that's a big the big task right now is, is just saying hey can you do these three or four things? or five things. And really, again, it depends on the age level. I mean, if you have a kid who's in eighth grade, you're probably going to expect more academic hours. Um, They're going to be able to do a lot of that more individually, where if you have somebody who's in first or second or kindergarten, third, you know, you're not going to put as much, you know, that that time frame is going to vary. But just with the parents, um, just letting them know that, hey, it's okay if they don't do everything in one day, because you don't know what their schedule is, if they're healthcare or if they work um, a blue collar job or if they work in the grocery store or if they're essential, not essential, all these new terms for 2019 or 2020, excuse yeah. me. Um, they, you know, you don't know what their situation is. So you just want to be uh, flexible and, um, and, and be encouraging and saying, hey, thank you. You're doing a great job. I appreciate what you're doing. And uh, we're going to get through this together. Just let them know that we're in this these, these challenging times together. Absolutely, I think you you touched on you touched on two words that I um, I'm very I'm very thankful you did. You touched on um, obviously patience and compassion, and but then the word that you used was a, a flexibility, which 
Um, you know, I, I don't know the circumstance, you know, with, uh, pending what churches people come from or their background, but um, it's very easy for um, any organization that's been around for a good amount of time to take on a rigidity. And um, we kind of get into this, this, um, I don't, we get, we, we, this stupor of complacency and um, we're not, we're not doing anything. We're not moving or, or we're just maintaining the status quo. And um, now, uh, or there's just, we must do ministry a certain way. And I don't mean for excellence uh, to the glory of God, uh, but it's the, but I would say a, a, a near legalistic demand where we prescriptively must do things a certain way at a certain time, a certain place. We must use these certain banners. We must um, use these certain songs, this certain liturgy, this certain page out of the hymnal. And it, um, and then when something like COVID-19 happens, um, suddenly I'm not able to, <laughs> there, I realize that there's a flexibility that I need to retain in my ministry, not throwing, um, dare I say, the baby out with the bathwater. But I would be dumb to think that the bathwater is all baby. Tracy hates it when I use that analogy. She doesn't like it. But I, I'm sorry, it works. It, it stood the test of time. And it, it, but the point is, is that there's a flexibility that, that we're, we're reminded that we, uh, and maybe another way of talking about it, I mean, this is not, this doesn't mean we get squishy with doctrine by no means whatsoever. Um, but the methodology for how we go about communicating the gospel, this timeless and timely truth of Jesus, our Savior, um, that, um, in given in light of the certain the current circumstances that we're in, we can think and should uh, creatively with innovation to how we can get more of the gospel to more people more often. Um, that uh, any circumstance that we're in is a ministry opportunity. Um, um, so it's. Uh, um, that's that's one thing I've been very as odd as this sounds. Uh, this has actually been a huge blessing I've been able to see within the church um, is that we are we are being reminded that um, we have a God-given creativity um, and ability to to do ministry with innovation and creativity and um, to think outside the box when it comes to communicating the gospel and how we as a confessional Christian church body um, administer God's means of grace. Uh, to people, and uh, I, I kudos to you, man, for for doing what you're doing. Um, I know teachers. Um, I have I have family who who uh, work as uh, Christian called workers in the education system, and it's they'll tell you it's it's really tough right now. Some schools, like you were saying, they don't have a one to one with Chromebooks or technology, and so you know, on the one hand, there's this huge gap now where you have some kids who are able to kind of continue classes and then you have others who aren't um so that's these are these are challenging times i just i'm very thankful for the the called workers who are at the forefront of that stuff asking the tough questions and learning there's been a whole lot of learning like you mentioned you mentioned loom i i know all about zoom i'm very i'm not all that familiar with loom i'll have to check that out it's been i myself have been playing with a lot of different um pieces of technology right now um pivoting um a lot of our ministry stuff onto virtual digital means. So, um, yeah. yeah. In just to kind of jump in, I know we've been talking about a, a, a number of different topics here, but I know pastors and teachers are kind of in the same boat is we can only use really digital means as the primary way to communicate with people and um, with our students, with our, 
with our parishioners, with our fellow brothers and sisters. Um, we, you know, are learning, like you said, we're just having to, to go back and, and really relearn. And, and now that our new regiment or our old regiment, I should say, is being thrown out, we have to focus on, on what our priorities are and how do we want to deliver um, this educational, um, the education that, that we're providing, or if it's the word of God, how do we want to deliver that um, into the hands of the people? And, and now, too, putting it out in a digital means as far as for churches, putting it on social media or putting it on um, a website, um, it's, it's available for all people. So I think you're getting a lot of uh, people from other congregations that are, that are looking at different um, ways to edify themselves and grow in their faith every day. And I think that's a, a wonderful thing for people to look at on the bright side is saying, wow, I have access to all these um, ways of, of hearing God's word and, and, and being able to, 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 to dip into those resources that people are putting out. Um, backing up just a second, I know you talked about Loom. Loom is just your great, it's a video creating um, website. And if, if you wanted to do a devotion, you could do a five or 10 minute devotion, maybe even 20. I don't even know. I've, I think I've gone 20 minutes is the most I've gone with, but you can certainly edit it, things out and it makes it really nice. And you can um, put in your URL code, you can email it, you can upload it to social media. It's very fast, very convenient and um, really free right now for um, free subscription, but you can get free access to their Loom Pro for all educators. So uh, certainly is a perk, but, um, but if you have to, comment on any of that go ahead and feel free to to no, run with no i it, i uh no you you kind of you, you touched on um just the wide amount of content that that's now on social media i i think one of the things that i've really loved is now every time i scroll through my news feed um not only instagram but then also on facebook especially is you just you know i get i get to <laughs> you know on sundays i mean i'm certainly preaching my message i uh, we what we've been doing is uh, we kind of do these little fireside chats on uh, for Sunday worship right now, um, where we film in actually in the same studio slash study um, where we do the Mana podcast. Uh, my home office is where we record worship services, and um, actually just yesterday I recorded um, three hymns, um, one for one for Good Friday, and um, then the two for Palm Sunday. I'm trying to get uh, trying to get ahead as much as I can on music for. Because uh, we're, we're all our worship services are going to be online, which I know for a lot of people this is going to be um, this is going to be a huge challenge. Uh, I, and don't get me wrong, I mean there's something about not only being in worship together on Sunday with your people, but then celebrating Holy Week together. This is going to be such a such a different Holy Week in our recent memory, um, where we are advised not to meet when that is like the one thing that we really want to do is rejoice in the empty tomb and sing together. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And, um, uh, but one of the huge blessings though, that I've seen come out of this is that congregations, congregations that weren't using social media or they didn't have a good website or they, they're all, everybody's stepping up their game now. Um, you know, maybe folks who kind of had somewhat of a little bit of a pejorative low view of online means and mediums for communicating the gospel now are realizing, you know what, this is what I got to, this is what I got to use. Um, and if anything, this is what God, you know, God himself is using this. Uh, uh, he's using congregations. He's using men and women who are utilizing, be it their social media um, or their website or a YouTube channel, 
uh, or like you were saying, Loom and Zoom and all these other different ways of, of hosting Christ-centered, gospel-driven content, uh, God is still advancing his kingdom and, and growing his church. And, uh, you know, shame on us for thinking that the God who created all things, the God who deigns to use means um, to advance his kingdom, the, the same God would... Um, the same God is at work right now. But uh, one thing I love is as I scroll through my social media, I just I get a chance to see just some really great preaching, and I get to see the creativity of um, uh, Lutheran educators all over the United States um, recording songs to sing with their kids, um, either playing ukulele or guitar. Um, a lot of churches are coming up with really creative ways um, to conduct their worship services. I guess... Um, is there is there anything that has jumped out at you like uh, some some principles let's say when it comes to ministry in you know in a near exclusive digital context uh, what what uh, what have you noticed to be some really good uh, principles to to communicate to people about how to how to do this well and effectively for churches or I just say churches yeah. and schools I mean oh, yeah. uh, are there things that you've noticed with how churches are using social media or yeah, YouTube yeah. or um, things that you're like, that's great. That's awesome. Um, because, you know, my, I'm sure that there are some people who are listening to this thinking, you know, are, could I be taking notes or add this to my church or implementing this sure. here? Or maybe there are people who are like you and me thinking about these things or asking, you know, is there anything my church could be doing? Doing, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, to get, to get I, the gospel out to people right now. Every church is going to have their own plan, and if they don't have one, uh, if they didn't have one two weeks ago, they certainly have one now, right. how they're going to create, what content they're going to create. I think hopefully they're saying, okay, what audience do we want to to um, put this out there for? Um, I know a lot of churches are, are targeting content for their own members, um, which is great, and then also as an overflow for other people to enjoy. Um, I certainly have appreciated um, devotions and uh, worship services, if you will, um, in that have that put the words on the screen that make it very easy, user friendly, if you will, um, just just for people to um, to be able to consume that. I think it, it kind right. of um, allows people to interact more with the, the text when you're able to read it and participate at home. I think those are great uh, tools to engage. I think I think that's one of the things that comes to the forefront of my mind is engagement um, with people at home, especially if you're trying to get them to to worship from far away or to um, have a devotion or you know just be able to delve into the Word of God. And I think I think using those tools to engage certainly are really important. And and just think. Um, as if you're producing this content, think if I'm a viewer, what, what do I want the viewer to see? Right. And um, I know you and I kind of, if I can talk a little freely, I know you and I talked a little bit last week about, um, you know, is it, is it good to have a church service in your church or should we go opt for a different setting? Um, and really what is appropriate? Again, everybody's going to choose what they feel is best and then create that content and put it in the hands of the people and go from there. And really, the beauty in this is I don't think you can do any wrong. I mean, we've watched a number of services. People continue to do it from church. Um, I've seen alternate settings. I know you have done alternate settings. Um, it just kind of, it's, it's, it's wide open for what you want to do. And, and, and 
really, again, going back to what are your goals? Yep. Who do you want to reach during this? And I think, as we've talked extensively on, is is you were able to reach a wider audience through social media, through the internet, with just people searching for those sources to feed their faith. Right. I you used several several words that I would rally behind very quickly in um, who the engaging we want to engage community uh, with Christ-centered gospel driven content but then also um, we want to also be intentional about who we're still trying to reach and I, I'm with you hundred percent I think and I and I want to be real like for me I I know I mean there are congregations that you know when all this happened it suddenly became a huge panic I mean they had their worship planning done well in advance uh, especially larger or larger congregations where they have a m- massive rotation of musicians. And, um, I mean, they had stuff. Um, hold on a second. I really hope this isn't picking up. I'm getting a phone call right now from Whitewater, Wisconsin. And my guess is that little beeping is probably picked up on the podcast. You still there? Yep. yep. All right. Well, I don't, I'll have to figure out how to set my phone up where I can't take any calls right now, <laughs> but I can still be on a call with you. Ah, whatever. It's all good. Uh, this is, this is what you get at the Mana podcast, real authentic conversation. Um, all of life's variables still in the mix. So, uh, that's how it is. Uh, the anyway, but, um, yeah, I, I, I know with a lot of congregations when all this stuff kind of took place, it became, it just became panic where I, where now it's like, I got to figure out what are we going to do, not only for this upcoming Sunday, but the Sunday after that. And then after that, Holy Week, what are we going to do for this? Um, and I know that there are some congregations where it's like, well, we got to, we have to, uh, we want to basically offer the exact same experience. I guess what I would, what I would say is you're not going to be able to do that. Um, it's not going to be the exact same experience. And what I mean by that is that you know, I, I talked with all you know my members, and they'll they'll all say the same thing. Um, they love the videos, but the thing that they miss the most isn't. Uh, yeah, they miss sitting in the pews, um, and they certainly miss seeing the sanctuary. But the thing they miss the most are the people, and that's what they that's what they really miss and long for and hunger for. They understand that any 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 virtual worship service that you offer is not going to be the exact same experience. So. We got, I think, during this season, not winter storm that you wisely said, uh, during this season of COVID-19, I think it would be wise for, like I know anything, I mean, I'm, I'm still very much a green-eared pastor, but my gut says it would be wise for pastors to think about, I, um, to not try and, I'm not able to create the exact experience. And you might say, well, we should really shoot for it then, right? Shouldn't we, shouldn't we strive or aspire to replicate the normal Sunday worship experience exactly as we would. And I, I, I don't, I just, you, you do got to think realistically and pragmatically about these things too. The other thing that you um, like, especially if, am I able to effectively offer a, um, the normal Sunday worship experience um, as we've currently set it up through virtual means? You know, I'm seeing some pastors who, um, they'll still vest up and they'll, they'll preach in front of a, a camera, um, that's set in the center aisle. Um, I, I personally, it, it's kind of weird when pastors pretend to preach to a full congregation and everybody knows that there's nobody in there. 
Yes. <laughs> but it's and but see, and this this is kind of what I'm getting at, where it's like I, I understand you want to you want to kind of make it seem like this is a normal Sunday experience or a normal worship experience, but it's not a normal worship experience. And everybody, it's like we all like Pastor, who are you looking at? Um, like <laughs> I'm in my house. Look at the and, and this is I was reading one one another article from I don't remember. Uh, uh, shoot, I don't, I don't remember what it was, but um, this one church organization that namely focuses on tech and using appliances like your um, your cameras and lighting and computer software and um, programs for uh, ministry optimi- optimization in um, online worship and stuff like this. And the big thing they said is stop looking at empty pews and look at the camera. Yes. Look at the camera. That's yes. that's this is what you got to be doing because that's where your people's eyes are. Like that's, that's you looking at your people. Um, don't look at an empty pew or empty congregation. Nobody's there. Nobody's there. Um, so use this as an opportunity to look directly at your audience. It look, it's, I, for me anyway, I think it communicates far more an authentic realness, um, a genuineness, um, uh, um, that, uh, you know, I, I don't want, I'm, I'm, I, as a pastor, am not, I'm not called nor trained to be an actor. <laughs> um, I'm trained and called to be a pastor. And I'm going to do what I've been trained and called to do. I'm not going to pretend like there's a there's a congregation full of people. <laughs> but again, yeah. I think the other thing too, and you said this too, is that obviously different I'm, um, congregations are, are needing to think about what is not only what their congregation is hungering for, but then also the community. We, I, um, I am convinced that this is a prime prime outreach time and uh this might mean that you might need to reformat your worship service a little bit so as to not only uh keep it engaging online but then also to appeal to a wider audience um people who might not otherwise um check out a worship service or a church right now they're they're tuning in um and the other thing interesting you said this too you know conducting ministry in a near exclusively digital virtual online mission field um, in some ways you know people are now further consolidated to one area where we're where we not only have them all together but we have an opportunity to have their attention so this is where um, we got to think really creatively for how we how we go about conducting ministry and, and and doing outreach and here's the really cool thing that I'm hoping will come of this the things that we put into play now during this covid 19 season, I don't think that they're actually gonna, they're they're actually gonna go away. My prayer is that they don't go away. My prayer is that like the systems or the tools that we implement and the principles that we either discover or rediscover, um, that we keep them at play. That we that we continue to like whether it's like you mentioned some of the tools that we used or connect groups that we create, or ways of staying to connected, um, how we conduct our inreach or outreach. There are, there are there are systems that we're creating right now that I don't think are going to cease to exist nor should cease to exist when this COVID-19 season is done. So in a lot of respect, like I said, I, I see a lot of blessing coming out of this, but, um, but one thing that you said is we really got to be cognizant about our ministry. We, and, and again, even before the COVID-19 situation, you don't want to tailor your ministry or only think about one group of people, namely your members. Cause this is where, you know, this country club attitude, this country club culture can kind of really set in. And it's like, where you're, you're, you're basically, I don't want to use the word pandering, 
but you're only basically you're only hearing one one audience and you're not thinking about the needs of your community you're not thinking about um, ways to communicate with them how can I communicate that I'm invested in them that I that I have a care for them and um, you exactly know, yeah yeah I was just gonna say too kind of thinking about what's your mission what's your mission statement and how can you continue to carry that out versus you know like you said I don't want to use the word pandering but catering to a certain certain audience and and then going out and carrying out that mission to your congregation and to your community really um, but I want to say that there's going to be a lot of new norms certainly when we when we pass through this season of COVID-19 and I think we're going to see a lot of new faces in, in, in churches and um, trying to recreate a new norm and we're going to see uh, people that are, are interested I think in other churches and uh, maybe coming back to their own or, or visiting another one or maybe it's the people that haven't been to church as often um, seeking to find that fellowship that uh, that's important and that's one thing I wanted to mention too that you touched on earlier boy, do we realize how important fellowship is now going through oh, yeah. the season of Lent, which every pastor and musician and everyone else has nailed down as soon as Easter or Christmas is over. Um, we realize how important that is, but fellowship and how we usually go through this together. We go through right. Holy Week. We go through the Lenten season. We go through these sermon series together and how, um, you know, a lot of Christian discussion about um, how we can grow in our faith together and our Bible studies. And now, we have that absence of closeness, togetherness, certainly in in the physical sense. But wow, how that's absent, how that absence um, affects us. And now we see how important it is to be in church regularly. Um, with you know during normal times, I would say, with air quotes, right. um, you know, every Sunday, how important that is to be around other brothers and sisters of the faith, to uh, build them up, to encourage them. And um, the isolation or the um, solidarity is the word you used earlier is has its blessings, but then again, its challenges as well. As and, and hopefully, when we come on the other side of this, we are able to come back together again and encourage each other and and make the most of of the opportunities that are presented in front of us. Absolutely. So just some thoughts that I wanted to share um, about fellowship and, and just the like you mentioned earlier, the essence of, of, of Lent and Holy Week are, are really changed, turned on their heads, and um, how, how can we adapt and, and still uh, get people to, to grow and, and focus on what Christ did and in, in, his, in his efforts to save us and how that's important and how we can grow in our faith uh, from an, in an absence of, of, of fellowship in the normal sense. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode of the Mana Podcast. Uh, we, we clearly got a lot more stuff to talk about. Tune in next week um, for part two of this awesome interview. Uh, and, uh, and, and be sure to, to like and to share this uh, on, on social media. These are great ways to not only support the Mana Podcast, but to get more of this content to more people. Um, we, got, we got a lot of joy to share on the Mana Podcast. And we're so glad that uh, we could share it with you. Be sure to share it with others. May God bless your week, and we'll see you guys again 